Check, check, check. Everybody good? Everybody good? Yeah, Talking into their mics. Nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We one, live. two, three. Right, since our first attempt Everybody at from the three, one, three. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand. I swear to God, we're not going to have this Detroit slander. We will throw hands on the pod right now. I'm paying homage for one of the great rap, rap movies of all time. Is it? Is that a great rap movie? That Eight movie is terrible. No, No, that movie is not terrible. Eight Mile is trash. Four Drake and Rick Ross collaborations. One gotta go. Okay. Ooh. All right. First, Lord knows. Okay. Second, Aston Martin music. Okay. Three, Dice Pineapples. Okay. Ooh, I'm trying to get the fourth one to make it tough. Oh, the fourth one is. What was the joint that came out with French Montana? Where Drake had the verse in the middle. Oh, pop that? Stay scheming. Oh, stay scheming. Oh, stay scheming. Oh, stay scheming. Gotta go. No. Yeah, what? He's telling me. It's either stay scheming or dice pineapples. Lord knows not going. I was going to say dice pineapples. I need to hear that. That Drake verse needs to be in the ether for the rest of eternity. Lord knows is up there for me because that Take Care album just got a special place in my heart. Lord knows has to be. It can't go. I agree with you guys. What was the, the, what was the second one you mentioned? Dice, oh, Aston pineapples, Martin music? Aston Martin music was legendary. Legendary. I wish the Drake remix to Aston Martin music was like the official remix to the song, but uh, between uh, Dice Pineapples, Aston Martin music, and Stay Scheming, I think Stay Scheming might be the second best of that. Oh, really? I put it third, but... It's tough. I, could, it's tough. I do think Dice Pineapples has to go. Dice Pineapples is really good, though. See, my thing is, Dice Pineapples in the right setting to me is better than both Stay Scheming and um, what was the other one we said? Aston Martin Music. Aston Martin Music. Yeah, I mean, so, wait, are we all? Because Wale comes in with the poem in the beginning, Ross does his thing, and then yeah. Drake's hook is crazy. Crazy. Are we all in agreement? Lord knows is one though. Yeah. Oh no, Lord 100%. knows is one for right. sure. See, I probably would put Lord knows. Aston Martin music, Stay Scheming, Dice Pineapples. Yeah, I agree with that. Dice Pineapples last? Uh, I'm probably switching. I'm cutting Dice Pineapples. I'm cutting Dice Pineapples. 100%. I'm not cutting Dice Pineapples. <laughs> then what are you cutting? <laughs> he proposes the, the idea <laughs> and they refuses <laughs> to cut. They can't cut yeah. it. Then, nah, <laughs> I'm keeping all four. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so you see here on the screen, we're watching NBA TV at the moment. Draymond Green rejoins the Warriors after altercation with Poole. So I feel like that's a let's go ahead and transition. Hey, you ain't sliding out of the question, bro. No, no, you're not sliding out of the question. No, I cut that. Cut that. Edit that out. No, you gotta answer this question. I'm gonna answer the question. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So our four options are Lord knows which stays. Dice pineapples. Aston Martin music. Aston Martin music is gone. (gasps) Yes. Dice pineapples over Aston Martin music. And if you really want to get me tight. I'm taking Free Spirit over Aston Martin music. Oh, free, yeah. <laughs> oh get out of no, here. Free Spirit is such a good Tell song. Tell a bad bitch, girl. Mar- let's Aston go Martin hang. Aston Martin music is crazy. <laughs> you know me, bro. Let's, let's go, go chain. Fuck with my young niggas. XO gang. Get so drunk. Song. Forget your name. Yeah. Incense I can't believe you said in. that. I'm going to be real with you. Like, I, I, Aston Martin music is... It's a really good song. I'm, I'm being a little facetious right now, but I got to take Dice Pineapples over Aston Martin. Nah. Music. I also, can't. 
I would love to hear a collab album between Rick Ross and Drake. I think Drake is too big of an artist to ever really do the whole collab album thing. We are forgetting What a Time to Be Alive. That's my fault. Yeah, he did but that. But that was yeah. him stepping into Future's world more so than them. Right, yeah, right. For sure. yeah, that, yeah, that was Drake on some, I'm rapping for the streets, for the strip club anthems. Like, Drake clearly just wanted to have fun on there and just kind of, you know, give it a go as, like, what he would be as in Atlanta. Or, I, I, I like, Drake also ventures, like, Houston-type rap. I feel like that's also yeah. kind of, that was also his bag in the, on that album. I think... How do I want to say this? Let me say this correctly. I know we've talked about this before, Killian. We talked about our feelings about What a Time to Be Alive. And you like What a Time to Be Alive much more than I do. Because I think I like the Drake and Future on Desires more than I like the Drake and Future on, let's say... Jumpman or Big Rings or Change Locations. Or, I mean, you didn't like Digital Dash? No, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I, I liked I liked that album because a it was a cool time. It was it dropped like right around football season in 2015. And that was like the soundtrack of the Panthers when they had that amazing year. And I've always been a bigger fan of Drake the rapper than Drake the R and B singer. So to hear him kind of just hop on these Metro booming beats and kind of give it, uh, give it his best shot. Was really refreshing to hear because it was really good workout music, really good music to hear, you know, at a frat party or in the car or just kind of like you know, it, it was it was really good in specific settings that were important to me at the time. So I was just uh, th- that's the Drake I like to hear. Or I prefer to hear. You know what it may have been? I'm pretty sure I was going through a breakup at the time and I was not outside like I should have been outside. Because this was... This was 2015. 2015. Fall Late summer, early fall. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I know exactly what's going on in my life. Yeah, I probably didn't appreciate that album the way I should have at the time. I'm the one that, like, match on Hinge, get a girl's number. I usually have no problem starting it, but I get jaded very quickly. So if, if that happens to me, I could definitely see myself not responding after the initial response. But putting in the effort to get someone's number just not to text, that seems like a waste of time. But yeah, I, I see what y'all are getting at, so um, I'll accept. We're going to have to cut the whole homie superlative thing. We did that it's gone. I already know, but I'm going to have fun with it right now. It's gone. All right, so you said you would you keep Dice Pineapples. Like, I'm going to be honest, I feel like all four of those songs you mentioned, you could easily put, like, put that on like, a, a fuck playlist. And what I mean by that yeah, is like, sex the Lord uh, knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's your worst night here. Yeah. It's my first night here. And this girl right here, who knows what she knows. Damn, you going through her right, purse right. in the sex you're playlist? Right, you're right, you're That's right. crazy. I don't trust right, these hoes right, at all. Lord, I forgot we had Lord knows on there. Just Blaze? All right, but like Dice Pineapples. No, no, Just Blaze on your sex playlist is crazy. Just Blaze? <laughs> oh all right, but God. I feel like I do feel like you could put Dice Pineapples, Aston Martin music. That could be on a sex playlist. Th- those are definitely two songs I'm playing in the whip when I'm taking my girl out to dinner. I can't listen to Ross while I'm having <laughs> sex. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know. Why not? Why, what's wrong with Ross? You, you can't like... No, I can't listen to Ross while I'm having <laughs> sex. There's so many better artists to listen to. <laughs> Summer Walker. Her. Lucky Day. 
That's well, you, but, but, like, if, you're not to your, if you're not trying to be in the R&B bag, you want to get in the like the kind of the rap bag. You having sex to rap? Yeah, you're not. Well, you're not hard. <laughs> nah, you got questions to answer. <laughs> yo, I'll put on. I swear to God, I'll put on fifty in that bitch. Yo, <laughs> like, yo the body mini the man. <laughs> I'll take you to the candy <laughs> That's shop. That's crazy. That's crazy. Speaking of sticky, um, the only good song on Drake's last album. I say the only. Oh, hold on! It wasn't the only good song on that. Oh, y'all, y'all. Uh, I like sorry, the sorry, everyone. You can't see this right now. They just need to hop off Drake's deck. Oh, That's crazy. Wow. They need to hop off because I didn't deck. hate the album. Yo, because y'all. All right, how'd y'all feel about? Um, I liked about four records on it. I like yeah. Sticky. I think it's funny on Jimmy Cooks Twenty One Savage. Just like I'm bringing my own beat. <laughs> y'all do all that. Jimmy over Cooks there. is good. Uh, I liability. like liability. I like liability. I like a keeper. Well, all right, then. but like in terms of like how much I like them, it, it's it's a. Uh, it's like a. This a, is his worst album. One hundred percent. It's a oh, four yeah, out no of ten question. at best. Okay. And like when I say I like, I mean like I can tolerate these songs when it's on. Like still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare this to his best because I know like his best blows it out the water. But CLB was also trash. CLB right in front, like right in front of that. Like, All right, let's not get carried away here. CLB was trash. Trash, trash is an example. CLB was trash. You can't tell me big. Donda was, was good was and big. CLB was trash. So I give CLB a three out of ten. Out I would give three. Donda the exact same rating. Oh no, I mean, and, and, yo, just different tastes. But like, no, I thought CLB was trash. I was like, for me personally, I was like, yo, you gave us nothing new. It didn't. It wasn't. It just wasn't good. I didn't think any. I. I. I there was not a single song on that album. That I have re-listened to since it came out. My oh. logic for CLB is, ooh. I think, ooh, that was actually a nice putback. My logic for CLB is, every song on CLB sounds like a different Drake song, which is why I can't call it trash. Like "Race My Mind" sounds like "Time Flies" to me. They sound like the exact same song, and I think "Time Flies" is a good song, so I can't call "Race My Mind" trash. I don't think it was bad. I think it was just a repeat. I think you can because like, yo, you just, it, it, no creativity. You just, re, you just redoing something. But the song itself is still good. I don't think so. Oh, so you think Race My Mind is not a good song? No. Oh, that's crazy. No. That's a whole different conversation. I just, I listen, I think CLB was trash, you know, um, I, I do. I, I, you know, no way around it. I, I just, I just think that, you know, I will, I'll, I'll stand by that, um, Oh yeah, you're yeah. entitled to the opinion of it. I just think it was. I think it was unoriginal. Um, I think the bars are trash. I don't think he gave us anything new, and I think the replay value of it is 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 you know garbage as well. And I, I do look part of what I look for in an album to call it you know good or mid or anything is like how many songs do I have that are replay value on there, and for me personally. CLB just has no replay value. I was about to say it's still on Billboard charts, so it's got replay replay yeah, value but, for right, somebody. Drake could put out Drake could put out like songs of him just farting in the movie. Oh, uh, here we go. And we people go. and people <laughs> and people would ride that shit. People would be like, "Oh my god, look what he's doing for music." Nah, I think uh, it was an average album, but I can't go as far as to call it trash. I uh, yeah, and, and the, just difference of it opinions. was mid. It's like, it's really not like for for the I am a Drake fan, so whatever he puts out, I will replay probably every other week, whatever. 
objectively speaking, is CLB anything special for the average music, average rap fan? No, probably. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't it's say. It's like so. a five or six out of ten. Yeah, there, there are probably some songs that you, if you heard out or you heard in the car, like, oh, this sounds bad in the setting, but it's nothing where it's like, ooh, like. It's not like if you're reading this too too. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Where the first five songs were just like, damn, like, True, this yeah. this guy is spitting. Uh, if you're reading this, legitimately changed music because Drake took a a sound that was already popular, or not necessarily popular. He took a sound that was already bubbling and added his uh, cachet to it, which ended up making it much more popular on the forefront than it would have been previously. No, no. I'm just out of curiosity. I'm not debating you. What, what, what do you mean exactly by that sound? Do you think it's like? I just want to hear you like go deeper in that. Uh, the sound of on if you're reading this is too late. Yeah, yeah. Trap had trap had a cult following, but because Drake is a pop star, he brought that sound to a mass audience. Yeah, yeah. That crosses over to different genres. Yeah, I, I know that was uncharted territory because. Uh, when he was making that album, he said like he just wanted to make straight rap music and wanted to make the, the hardest music of his career. So I was like, all right, like let, let's. After I, I watched that interview of him describing, if you're reading this, and I went back and thought about that, I was like, yeah, like he really rapped over some some beats that you wouldn't really expect him to rap over because I mean, Forty produces most of his shit, so yeah. those were a lot of Boy Wonder beats, it a lot of Hit Boy beats. Mid February, so. correct of 2015. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and so. It was hard Mid as fuck. February of 2015, if we look where trap was as a genre, it was significant amongst listeners of hip hop, but it didn't have that huge uh, mainstream following that it does now, where trap could arguably be one of the more popular subgenres of music in all of music. Because if hip hop is the most popular genre of music, then its subgenre of trap is arguably the most popular. Subgenre is is hip hop the most? Uh, I just had a curious. Like, is it the most popular genre of yeah, music? It's the most yeah. streamed on Spotify. It yeah. was. Um, I think Billboard listed it in 2020 or 2021. It had uh, passed pop as yeah. the most popular genre like, of music. by streaming percentage on Spotify. Yeah, all those different metrics that they use to skew numbers and rob artists. But uh, and like, and I'll, I'll say this: like, in no way am I saying like Drake is not a top three artists in the world right now, top three rapper, anything like that. Like dude is you know, he's got the collection, he's got he's got it all. Um he you're right, he has moved he has moved music forward. I just think his last two albums were below his standard. Um honestly his last three if we're going back to Scorpion. Scorpion wasn't bad Scorpion but it wasn't bad. It, it was still like uh come on. I like what he tried to do because I feel that ever since Drake has come out, he's always done a really good job of merging hip-hop and R&B and a little bit of pop here and there. And everyone has always said, oh, I want a R&B record or a full R&B record of Drake. That's something that the masses have always asked for, but never gotten. And then if you you know like hip-hop, there's been a large section that's always been like, oh, I want... Uh, 5 a.m. in Toronto, 9 a.m. in Dallas, 4 p.m. in Calabasas. Like, I want those type of records, mm-hmm. a full album of those. And it's never been a complete split of either. It's Every Drake album has always been a good mix of both, which is why the Drake albums are so good. And I think with Scorpion, he just tried to 
kind of do a little bit of fan service there. Like, okay, I will give you a full R&B album and I will give you a full rap album. But it just didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel... I feel like neither album lived up to... Excuse me. I feel like neither album lived up to the Drake standard. But if you took the six best records on the R&B side and the six best records on the rap side and put them together. I can't speak to Sonically, but I think it would have been a good album because it would have been Drake's best rap records and then his best R&B records. Yeah, I think I can make a classic out of that or a better album off Trimming the Fat. Exactly. Like I think I can take Scorpion and make a classic out of it, but it, in its current state, just feels like too much music and... The split didn't really... Honestly, the double disc doesn't really work well in hip-hop. There's not a lot of artists who can really pull off a double disc. And I think some of that is just being too much music to consume. Like, I'm at a point now where anything more than maybe 45 minutes... I won't limit it to a number of songs because now sometimes songs will be five, six minutes. Sometimes they'll be a minute and 30 seconds. But anything more than 45 minutes of music feels like a, a chore to listen to. And I don't want to treat music as a chore. Like, I, I really enjoy listening to music, making music. So, having it be difficult to listen to an hour and 30 minutes of music, because some albums are an hour and 30 minutes of music now, like, that's just so much. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the optimal number of songs slash runtime is, you know, 12 to 13 slash right under an hour so 50 minutes if you can give me 12 13 songs 45 it's like 55 minutes yeah that that, that that's that's a, that's good i think uh i think 14 songs is what nothing was the same was and i think nothing was the same as drake's best album so i guess by some math property transitive i don't know whichever one of those math property transitive. <laughs> associative property Yo, get on, I think get on our calculus a- bag Who's, your, who's y'all's favorite artist right now? This year, just based off what I've heard this year, I would say Steve Lacey, but I also have been a big fan of what Tyler the Creator has been doing recently. Yeah, Tyler, his last album, um, Really Good. Get Lost, that was, that was a great album. Just, just his last album. three have been very enjoyable. I was about to say, Tyler's last three albums have been really good and... It's just nice to see coming from where he began. Because he always made good music. But the evolution of the music, I think this may be one of the better three album runs that we've seen in a long time. And it's nice to see from a young artist. Since Kanye, yeah. What do you guys think about, since we're talking about three album runs, what do you think about the Rodeo, Birds in the Trap, Astro World run? Hard. Hard. I would say that that is right under Tyler the Creator's run. Yeah, big fan yeah. of psychedelic uh, hip hop rock. That's why I mean, obviously, big fan of Kid Cudi, um, and Travis Scott is kind of in that Kid, lane. Birds in the Trap, Saint McKnight is a classic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think Rodeo is the best of the three. Ooh, Ooh. I, I mean, think, I'm not mad at that take, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think I remember listening to Birds in the Trap from some start to finish. I'm like, man, this is every song on there. Yeah, I was like, oh, no like that and. If I love every song on there, if I'm like, yo, I can play the entire album yeah. from like start to finish and I, I can listen to all of them, that's where I'm like, yo, this is, this is how I know it's a good album. Um, no, I love that. I love that album. Really good college album, too. Like, mm-hmm. for, for the moment I was in my life, that was a really good college album. 
we were very lucky at the time that we were in school because we got a lot of good albums got, that came out. We got, we got yeah, a lot of good party music. Even even like the not like broccoli. I was listening to this the other day. I was like, that, that, that is a good college fraternity party frat house some, yeah. at the bar song. Like if that song dropped right now, I know if I'd feel that strongly about it. Oh no, if broccoli dropped right now, I probably wouldn't listen to those it. type of rappers like Yachty, the Migos, uh, Dram or Drum, however you pronounce it. What was the other record? What was Yachty's first record that blew up? Was it One Night? I know you want this for a lot. Nah, I would have uh, never yeah, listened yeah, to that. Was that Yachty's yeah. first? That was Yachty's first record that was it? blew up. And I would never listen to that today. Is that the one I know Yachty best? Water there's by a- Ud- Ugly God? Like, if it dropped oh, today, yeah, I'd be like, no, Yo, I would what is be this like, shit? I'm passing on this. No, there's a lot of songs that like I go back and listen to that I downloaded when I was in high school or college. And I'm like, why did I download this? Like, this is super corny. Um... I'll be honest, like Kyle, I used to love Kyle when I was. I in. used to love I spy, Kyle. Yeah, that's, I spy oh yeah, well even before that, I'm beautiful loser and all that. I love, and now I listen to him like I can listen to maybe one record and I'm like, oh, this is corny. so cringy. This is so corny. Like, this is on my high school he, shit when I was like, oh yeah, this is how I get the hopes. Yeah, this is, this is like backpack <laughs> Logic rapper. Logic and like, Kyle. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Logic, exactly. Kyle, Russ. Um, all hey, those. Yo, yo, hold up. Russ's new album though. No, here we go. Russ's new album was. It was actually pretty good. Okay. Ah! Chomp 2 was Chomp a solid was album. It was a solid oh, album. Chomp 2 go. was a solid the album. The funniest shit I... Well, one of the funny things I've ever seen on Twitter is like, hey, a million dollars. Can you recite this... Uh, any Russ song for a for million dollars? Yeah, what, what you going to do? And the guy was like, <laughs> I guess I'm going back to work tomorrow, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a tough situation because I, I really have fallen in love with the Atlanta rap music scene over the last three or four years. It's fun music. Um, it's music that you can kind of really play in any setting in terms of in the whip, in the headphones, the gym, at a bar. So it, it, it's very fun music that I've embraced. I used to be in this, like, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar bag when I was in high school about, like, oh, you got to be a certain level of intelligence to like music. But I kind of embraced just kind of, just the more fun aspects of what rap has to offer. I made that similar transition when I first started listening to music. Uh, one of my uncles uh, was from New York. So I grew up listening to, I think, Blueprint and Black Album by Jay-Z are the first two albums that I like vividly remember listening to front to back. That and Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. And a lot of that over time turned into... J. Cole turned into Kendrick. Obviously, I had a really big Wayne phase, but I was in that same boat where I thought, you know, real hip-hop is very intelligent and it has to be about the bars and not the beats and this, that, and the other. But as I've grown older, I've learned to appreciate a lot uh, a lot of the other aspects of hip-hop that are available. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Demographics, but... And you also have to... I grew up, growing up in the North, growing up in Detroit, you know... I I definitely have like Southern rap is just not something that like I, I used to listen to like you know it was like a big thing like I didn't listen to Ti growing up you know like well, that's Ti is phenomenal no and I get that and that like, makes sense because you weren't you're not from the this yeah reason. it like, was just it I never, wasn't bumping Eminem like that no and that's fair like that's fair. Yo, we were I was constantly you know I was constantly bumping Eminem Royce to five nine you know I was on that sh- you know everything that was coming th- like coming from New York I think I Atlanta is a top five hip hop 
or excuse me, top three hip hop city of all time. What is Atlanta? It? Hell yeah, Atlanta. Oh, top yeah. three. Like yeah. I don't even think it's questionable. No, definitely top three. What, 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 one is New York. Uh, I have New York, L.A. Yeah, and then Atlanta. Are we, are, well, we can't. I'm not. I'm not trying. To, well, where do you put Compton at then? Uh, you merge Compton with LA. Compton's with LA. Yeah, that young you can't get it. That's dangerous. It's da- I mean, I think California rap should be its own entity. Yeah, I'll say that. It, Cal- it, if we would just want to classify it all as California rap, I mean, it really falls into West Coast because when you hear about West Coast yeah. rap and you actually listen to the sound of West Coast rap, it doesn't vary so much from. There's a little bit. Oakland has its own bounce. Uh, San Francisco has its own bounce, mm-hmm. but. I feel like it all falls under the larger umbrella of West Coast. Like, I mean, you can make the same argument for East Coast. Like, uh, New York has its own sound, and then you have, like, a Jersey bounce that has its own sound. Right. Buffalo well, got its own sound now. Buffalo has its own sound. Buffalo, Buffalo. Hey, yo, but Buffalo is getting put on the map right now. Though, Who's coming out of Buffalo? All of Griselda. Yeah, all of Griselda. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I feel right. like Griselda, low. I don't know, Benny, Benny's been going on, I, from what I hear, like, West Side Gun, I don't know if he really wants to do this music thing anymore. I heard he's about to start his own wrestling thing. Is Matt Kami in that group, too? Oh, I'm a big fan of Matt Kami. Matt Kami is I know he's like an affiliate of Griselda. Yeah. I don't think he's actually in Griselda on the roster. Miami rap, you know, did this thing for a while. What's funny about New York rap, I feel like it was great. I mean, it, it, not not feel like it is. It, or at least it was great at one point. It's really fallen off recently in the last ten years. I agree. Whereas Atlanta's yeah. on the opposite, where like well, it, Atlanta wasn't that big until Outkast, and it's really blown up. I think with New York rap, it New York rap started with Boom Bap, right? And then Boom Bap didn't evolve, but now we have Brooklyn Drill. And I think yeah. Brooklyn Drill is kind of big, right? But you, you, I think. Would you say that New York rap in general has been worse relative to what it used to be? Only considering oh, the fact for sure, that it's definitely yeah. falling. It, it had Nas yeah. and Jay Z and Fat Joe and Jada Kiss, like all guys, yeah. Like, yeah. all guys who were just all of the Wu Tang like, Clan. For, 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 yeah, for fifteen years it was the best, not even close. And now it's, I mean, Diddy. Biggie, yeah, Biggie, Gee, yeah, like, like we're, no, I mean, they had dudes that were coming out there in like the the nineties and the early two yeah. thousands. I mean, I think you could argue multiple cities over New York right now. Right. How far would you travel for someone you're not in a relationship for, and then someone you're in a relationship for? Because you and me, am I sleeping me, with Garcon, the woman that I'm not in a relationship with? Yeah, how far would you travel for someone that you're not in a relationship with? Because I know how far you'll travel for someone you're in a relationship with. Oh no, you know how far I'll travel for that. <laughs> Cities, city, your states. states. You got <laughs> a plane. Yeah, you were on a plane. I mean, same here. I went. I went. A th- so, um. I mean, I feel like my flight was the equivalent. No, actually, sure. yours is probably a little bit further. Maybe. Where did you but go? Barely. Huh? Where did you go? Right. I will tell you this right now. I'll never do. I'll, for for my lip. You better be within like thirty minutes of me at this point, because I'm not. I'm not doing. Is long that your distance. long distance? <laughs> That's my long distance now. Like I'm not. I, I I've done the long distance thing. Like that shit don't work. Like I, I just can't do it. Like yo, I need you to be here. I'm not trying to have a relationship with my phone. Okay, I think that's a fair conversation. And as someone who did go through some similar things, I. I understand how taxing that can be on the relationship. Just not having. Any time face-to-face. Yeah. And I think you kind of grow cold a little bit. You do. 
like you get to spend so much time with yourself and it's appreciative because I, you know, learned more about myself and I got to, it's going to sound bad, but there's not a, a distraction on a day to day basis. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I get it's, that. It sounds bad. Cause it's like, my girl's not a distraction, but there's not like I'm hanging out with the boys or I'm chilling, doing I'm chilling things myself. to myself. Like, yeah. You're not here. Exactly. And I'm sorry. Like if you just not here on a consistent basis, I just don't want that. And in my life now, I want you to be around. Like, I want to see you. I want to see you consistently. Um, that's just where I'm at in my life right now. I get that. Um, and I think, like, like I'm not saying, like, if it was, like, oh, like, I got to do this contract and I'm gone for, like, six months. All right, we can probably make six months. Six months. But if it's, a, if it's a permanent, you know, location move, then I just think that's not, that's not something I can do at this point in my life. I, I've, I've done it. So, 30 minutes is my, in a relationship is my max I will travel for you at this point in my life. Now, I think I got about four hours. Four? Four there's would there's be distance. the distance between what? Here in Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, no. You just want an Atlanta girl? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? I love Atlanta. Don't we? Exactly. Don't we all want an Atlanta girl? You just girl? want summer? Listen. <laughs> nah, all right. We're not getting into a summer conversation. What about you, Killian? What do you think? The farthest I have traveled was, I say, 30 minutes. When I was living in Raleigh, I was seeing a girl in Chapel Hill, and that's about 30 minutes. So That's the furthest? That's the furthest? That I've gone? Yeah, like, that you life. traveled for a girl? Yes. Oh, so you... I'm going to keep it pee. Oh, I'm keep it pee. Damn. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 realistically, though, like, I'm just saying, like, that's just... I like this side of Killian. No. He said, you better be around. No. It sounds harder than, like, uh, like what reality is, but, yeah, it's just I'd never been in a position where I... Like ever entertained a long distance relationship. Let me ask you. Do you, think, do you think? So not to not sorry not to cut you off. My bad. No, I was done pretty much. I was gonna say. Do you think women handle long distance distance relationships better than men? Yeah, because they cheat. And they cheat way better than us. All right. Well, I wasn't gonna go there. Man. You just put me on blast right now. I wasn't gonna go there. I, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna classify that all women cheat. Come on. Yeah, we are. Long distance relationships. I think all women cheat better than us. <laughs> I do I'll, think, I'll agree I with do that. Women, I do think women cheat better than us, um, as a collective. As a collective, women cheat better. I than think us. women cheat better than us, but I don't think that's the reason why they, they no. want to. No, like, it's a fucking wild ass take. What happened, bro? You, yo, this is a safe space. We need to talk about something. Ange has been awful to me, so I'm just a bit jaded. So that's I like why. that. Deal double, with it. Double mall. Double mall. Yo, you in your mall bag right now? But um. But I do, for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like women handle long-distance relationships better than men. This is kind of where we, we do need, like, we need a woman arm to reach out to, just to, like, Skype real quick, like, yo, why do y'all handle long-distance relationships? Because, obviously, there's three men in the room, and well, I can't that, They're to gonna why. say we're more emotionally mature, and we have the ability to, uh, you know, compartmentalize how we're feeling on a given moment, and we're not as reactive to our emotions and they're going to say something like that and that's going to be all bullshit and they're just going to go out you are on a women hating mode right now all right i'm gonna be honest i don't think now that i think about it do they handle long distance better or we just categorized as the the ones that end up making the shit out of it this is just my my opinion just from what i've experienced i feel like women are can be can still be very emotionally attached from in a long distance relationship, whereas I don't know if men can, because I do think part of men, I think men need women around. I think we need to have our girls around to be emotionally attached to them. Because I think once you start like once I stop seeing you, I'm like, 
I get that. I think, and I, like, you know, I'm not saying men cheat, you know, I, you know, I'm not saying that at all, but I think like men's eyes start to wander maybe a little bit quicker than, than women's do. Um, See, I think that's the same rate. I just think they're better at it. I think they're better about holding it in. I think they're better about being like, again, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think I do. I agree with you. I think women cheat better than men, but I think they're able to be like, damn, he's attractive. But like, their eyes don't wander as quick yeah, as Yeah, they just, like, play it cool after Yeah. That. Like, like, it's like a, a fleeting thought. An intrusive thought. thought, if you would. Exactly. And I think that's where, um... I think that's where they kind of get it. I, I think men, we're like, damn, you're not around. Like, I think we need... If we're in a relationship, we need the woman around to still be emotionally attached to them. This got really sad really fast. I don't think it's sad. Yeah, and you said I, I was in my bag. No, you was in your bag. <laughs> Hold on. Your bag. No, I think it's because I think men and women are both equally bad at that. I think our, as our as like friends to the other. Um, no, I've definitely heard some war stories from my female friends about like, yeah, I went on vacation and because <laughs> I was bored. And I'm like, damn. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, I think I, I, I will say women's sexual appetite is just as high. It as is. men's. I, I, I don't believe that one is higher than the others. No, I think I, there I was a historical thing where women weren't allowed to be outwardly outwardly as sexual as we were. And I still don't think that's completely acceptable across the board by any means because obviously there's still dynamics there that are two-sided. But I do think it's become much more accepted for women to express those emotions and moods and feelings in a way that is public versus how we've always been allowed to express them. I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, but at the same time, like, yo, cheating is still wrong. No matter how you slice it, cheating is always wrong. Like, what, I don't care if it's like, oh, you know, express your sexual appetite or not. Cheating's still wrong. No, for sure. Cheating's wrong. I think... I don't understand why. Okay, actually, that's a lie. I do understand why, as someone who has cheated before. But uh, <laughs> don't don't make that sound. <laughs> well, I guess currently for? now that I'm not, you know, I just feel like I'm in a place now where if I felt something for someone else or I didn't feel enough for her to stop me from sleeping with someone else. I would just break up with her at this point in my life. And that's kind of why I had to take it back a bit because I do remember myself where I was like, okay, cool. I can still have my cake over here and, you know, get this one-time thing off over here. But then once you get away with it, it doesn't really stick to being a one-time thing. No, it can spoil. It and I think that that just comes with maturity. Um, as we grow up, I think um, people realize like, damn, especially I think if you, if you cheat, and you realize, like, damn, like, that was, like, I think you grow up and I think you realize, like, damn, that shit was wrong. Like, I shouldn't be doing that shit. Um, and I think you, I think, at least, you know, I think you just grow out of it. I don't want to say grow out of it, but I think you realize, like, a little bit more of right and wrong. Um, and you have a little bit more of a conscience when it comes to it. Honestly, losing my girl for that reason and having to kind of reflect on what I did to her yeah. I don't want to do that to anybody else and right. kind of also just taking the weight of like, Hey, you get what you deserve. Like, damn, I really miss her cause she was holding me down, but I understand why she doesn't necessarily want to come back. Right. Cause I was out here. No, I, and, and it's fair, but I think we get, why you're killing you. Got, you got, wow. I said, <laughs> what he said, I didn't say shit. 
No, because I, I, I do think I do think that's 100% true. Um, I think you realize, like, damn, I really fucked over this person. I really feel like a piece of shit for doing it. And I think... When Honestly, you, when you I don't like feeling it. like a piece of shit, to be real with you guys. You said you don't? Yeah, I don't want to feel like a piece of shit. You don't want to or you didn't? I don't want to. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. No, yeah. I did. I'm yeah, not yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So I think you realize, like, as you go, and you're like, yo, I'm not, I don't want to feel like a piece of shit. Like, I don't want to be a piece of shit. Like, and that's part of that maturity and growing up aspect where you realize I should be a better person. I think also sometimes you realize that... I think sometimes you realize how invested someone else may have been into you. And once you realize how invested the other person was into you, it really, I think that's when it starts to cut deep. Like when you go back and look at like, oh, she didn't have to do that. Yeah, anything else you want to add to that before we get into this NBA before preview? This the NBA. good stuff. The good stuff. Before you girls hit, hit pause on the pod. Pause <laughs> in the pod. Unless you want to get Turn some real up. good in-depth basketball analysis five days before the opening tip. Before the season starts. Uh, we wanted to go ahead and do our superlative episode. We decide, Or last episode, we wanted to get into it, but our NBA conversation was actually very... Uh, it was actually a pretty good conversation that we had going. I didn't want to interrupt us with, you know, trying to make it so stagnated and structured that we couldn't just have a good free-flowing conversation about the teams in the East, the teams in the West. But I think this episode, we're going to definitely go ahead and get into that now so we can uh, track it throughout the season. I think it'll be cool going from week to week to look at each person's uh, picks and actually make a... uh, Just kind of see it come along as the season goes along without having to necessarily, you know, guess from one point or another. All right. Take over from here. Oh, what, what right. do we start? Here's what do we start with? Oh, I'm Killian. Like I'm ready. Right from the. He rip. said I'm ready. So the first topic I had, or the first category I had, was the most important, which is MVP. We doing that first? Are we sure? Should we do that first? Or we can start from the bottom. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Darvin Ham. Nah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Nah, write that down. No, do not write that down. No, no, no. Don't, this, don't. This is getting written in stone. No, 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 no. We not. I do not put that down. Um, There's a black marker. I gotta use red. Oh, it's, no. They're all black. It's just the top is. I think they're all black. Write something with it. Oh no! I lied to you. Is it pink? <laughs> is it pink? All right, I mean, if we're going to go coach the air, I'm at, I think my – man, I'm between two. I'm either going Mike Malone or I'm going uh, – as painful as it is for me to say, I'm going to go Doc. Ew, Doc. Gross. Because I think, I think the Sixers, with Harden being actually focused on basketball – yeah, they do have a good opportunity to really they have a good show squad. improve. Maxi is still on that. Like, I think like they could finish first in the East realistically. And if you finish first in the East with you know all that talent, like there's a lot of team. You got Boston, you got the Bucks. You know, if you finish first ahead of all of those, and if you know, I think Joel Embiid and Harden both have a chance to possibly be in MVP conversations. Yeah. You're coaching two MVPs. You finish first in the East. I think he has a chance. Especially if you do happen to get one of them. Not his doing, but if one of them does happen to win MVP, that definitely shifts the tides yeah. in your favor. Yeah. So I'm going to put that. Doc down. Mike Malone's my like my second one because I think if Jamal Murray comes back healthy, all-star level Jamal Murray, 
We know what Jokic can do. Michael Porter Jr. comes back healthy and is, you know, a good third option. Because Michael Porter Jr., I fully believe, can average 20 points a game. I think know? so. I agree with you. So, my, you know, you get that. They might be able to finish first in the West. You finish first in the West, you know, with all that, ta- with all of the deepness in the West, I think you gonna, you could end up with a coach yeah, of the year. Yeah, you're in a good spot. But I'm going to go I'm gonna go Doc. I'm going to go Doc as my coach of the year. Uh this is the coach of the year winner. Killian, what you thinking? I'm going to go with uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach, J.B. Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff. Yes. <laughs> okay. Excuse I, me. So they got – um. While you're at it, go ahead and put J.B. Bickerstaff down for me too because that was my choice. All right. All so right. I'm going to be different. Uh, I'm different. Yeah, and I'm different. different. <laughs> we can get to the rationale. I, I, I want to say him because they made a huge move in the offseason getting Donovan Mitchell, obviously. I think Kevin Love's going to flourish in the six-man role. They were really good last year. They took a huge step, and I just think with this, it's going to kind of show, hopefully, how good this team is. Because I think it's a good it's a bunch of good young pieces that actually play well together, and in the NBA, that's proven that that's actually, at least recently, it's better to do that than kind of load up on superstars. I think with um, their current iteration of their team, they have the ability to... I think Donovan Mitchell gives them the ability to elevate, whereas like they had some dudes that were like very good right. floor raisers. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is a potential ceiling raiser, right. and because of that, that does give them if everything uh, glues the way that they hope that it does, it could one hundred percent result in them uh, becoming a higher tier. Or they could enter that tier one in the Eastern Conference. They could win more games. Right. They could have multiple All Stars, and if you do that, then your case for Coach of the Year goes, you know, much higher. I right. also think with the addition of Donovan Mitchell, plus you got Darius Garland, I think Evan Mobley is going to feast. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be good. You're going to have to send. I don't know if you have to necessarily double one of those two all the time, but you're going to have to make some decisions on defense with their ability to both attack Mm -hmm. and stretch the floor. And not to forget that uh, Darius Garland is still a really good playmaker. And also they don't have Laurie Markinen anymore, which I don't think that's necessarily the greatest thing, but Laurie Markinen at three versus... Yeah, exactly. Like being able to run a lot of different sets now that you don't have a seven footer at three, but not like a KD seven footer, like a seven footer that should yeah. probably be paying stretch four, stretch five. Oh, for sure. No, I completely agree. I think, I think that actually, I'll, I'll be honest. I think that helped him out. I think not having Laurie Markin is actually really good for them. Um, Cause what you said, I think you can have a true three there. Well, um, I think with Laurie Markin, I think he has, because of his size, he should be able to play on the block and in the paint. Yeah. And be able to stretch the floor because of his skill set. And with him playing three and having Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, who still hasn't he may have come into the he may come into this season with a better three pointer, but that's not a shot you necessarily want to depend on him having. Right. At least last season. He kinda got forced to this uh and amongst those starting roles, he kinda had to stretch the floor way more. Whereas now you can I guess open the floor up a little bit more, not having three dudes who are seven feet tall mm-hmm. all across who perform their best within that mid range to painted area. No, I get that. I agree. I'm with it. What's all our right. next one? Six man. Six man of the year. You want to go first? Uh, he already, he, uh, Killian already said it. Actually, I'm going to go with K Love. 
Kevin Love. Yeah, I think he he finished third. Last, it was third or second last. Well, season. I, let me let me. I forgot about this. Let me pause for a second. Is Jordan Poole coming off the bench this year? I think he is. He he. Ooh. So I think he is to start. I was thinking about picking him. However, I feel like that may or may not switch. And I know at a certain point, like to be six men, you have to play X amount of your games right. actually off the bench. So I feel like that is subject to change. I'm not. I am personally not going to pick. Okay, him if, we, if we exclude Jordan Poole from the conversation because we think he might just be, you know, he might just end up, you know, Being opting a star, out. Yeah, yeah, he might end up just starting or playing too many starting minutes that he, you know, opts out of it. Then yeah, I'm gonna go Caleb as as my number one. Another thing with Jordan Poole, I think, is a little tough. Is I'm not exactly sure how that's gonna work with. I think Kuminga and Moody are both gonna take Tom bucket jumps. That's a crazy, crazy nickname. Like I can't believe that they. I can't believe like they when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's a crazy like, Nation, Twitter joke." You need to get flamed for it's that. Brutal. That's a brutal nickname. Y'all are to give to your future player. Like come cum on, bucket. No, nah, cum stop. bucket. That's crazy. I'm sorry. I'm fighting anyone that calls me that. Oh no, nah, fans! It's gonna be Malice in the Palace 2.0. I'm a fight. I'm a fight fan. Y'all not fans. about to do this. I'm a fight fan. It's the same thing with that. Russ when someone calls him Westbrook in person. Like, hey, nah, he deserves like, that though. He be breaking. Westbrook <laughs> is so much more tame than the Cum Bucket though. Yeah. So <laughs> cum bucket At least Cum Bucket's not. Or uh, Westbrook isn't flagrant. Like that's yeah. a personal <laughs> offense. That's not a universe. Yeah, Russ's reaction to that versus what Kaminga's inaction is. From what I've seen or heard, yeah, it, it does like not match up. Old. Yeah, like, what is he going to do? If, if, if Kaminga's cool with cum bucket, Rush should fly. Let Rush, <laughs> Rush, 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 Rush. <laughs> he should just let you go. All right, but who? Uh, you put down Kevin I put, Love. Oh, I, I, I put him down as a potential um, six man of the year candidate. I'm going to put Malcolm Brogdon as my pick. I think that was a solid pickup by the Celtics. I think they needed ball handling. He's also kind of in this. Um, area where he might not start that was my that where was he might not come off the bench going forward but i'll take the uh uh kind of initial uh predictions at face value and just put him down for now because right. i think if, if he if he does stay that way he could be a really good six man for that team i'm not mad at that i, I do agree with you though i think he could opt himself out of, i think he might start they need um, dribbling in, in a facilitator and then yeah because i could easily see they they run to him before i could easily see them doing like marcus smart brogdon Brown, Tatum, right. Robert Williams, and right. then all of a sudden he starts. He starts, but what about yeah, you? Honestly, I think Brogdon, because realist, who's already starting? I know you just listed it. Derek I White. Yeah, it's usually smart. See, my thing is like Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. I feel like Malcolm Brogdon's up. I don't it just think depends it's a question, on what you want really? coming off the uh, yeah, bench. Yeah. Do you want Brogdon coming off the bench? Who's going to be able to? Because Brogdon can do a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. He's going to be able to play make. He's going to be able to score. He's gonna be, you know, he kind of does it all. He, he got yeah, defense. He can also play off the ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he catching. He's a good catch and shoot three, uh, three point shooter. So I think in in some cases it might be more advantageous to bring him off the bench because you know you're gonna get instant spark. He's this. He's this. Uh, the leader of the second unit. Yeah. And, and at and at times, it's especially in the regular season, it's more beneficial to have that spark when you're when you're resting your starters than Agreed. than have you know full firepower to start the game. Because I definitely think when it comes to playoff time, he's gonna start. Yeah. Yeah. Or play starters minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He'll play starters minutes. Yeah. Agreed. But I think during the regular season, what you just said, it will give a chance to get Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown or someone to be able to sit down and be like, all right, you don't have to do everything. Yeah. Let Malcolm to have someone who can legitimately lead a team actually come off the bench and lead the team. 
I think I'm going to go a little different from you guys. I'm going to go Spencer Dinwiddie now that uh, the Mavs have actually listed him as coming off of the bench. Yeah. I think with them losing Brunson, a lot of those ball handling duties, just the way they run their system, everything runs through Luka with uh, like Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Reggie Bullock like on the wings. And because of... The, and because of those... Uh, Play with you niggas anymore. <laughs> because of the way they run their system, um, I think Spencer Dinwiddie slots right in as that six man to, hey, I still have all these dudes on the wings and I'm going to, you know, dish off and create off of you guys in that same way. Plus, uh, Christian Wood's also coming off the bench. So I think that duo tandem, yeah. him having a reliable, I guess, quote unquote, seventh man, like yeah. them being able to run a pick and roll with a bench unit, I think will allow him to uh, flourish in that role. I'm not mad at that. I think the only problem I, I see is just how good are the Mavs going to be? Because if all of a sudden they slip to like that eight seven seed, which yeah. I don't think is out of the question. I don't think it's out of I the question. I think he. I think they just become too low on the board that he might not get that six man. Yeah, he award. might not get the necessary recognition yeah. from where they are. I don't know though. I mean, I think the Mavs are gonna go as far as Luca takes them. Honestly, that's just. I mean, he's gonna put the whole damn franchise on his back. And that's tough, and not to get too sidetracked off of our superlative list, but I do really hate that for him because it is year four at this point, and he still hasn't had a reliable number two. And as an organization, you got to get your guy a reliable number two. And I know they thought Porzingis was going to be that, but again, they gave it two and a half seasons. It didn't work out. You gotta get him a reliable number two. There's no player even near his caliber on that team. Not even close. And as good as he is, I think we saw it with Harden when it does come down to the playoffs. Um, before Harden got Chris Paul, when they had, you know, all those different nice three and D wing players and Clint Capella, like they were a good team and they could, you know, compete to a certain extent. And then they had to go get Chris Paul to really, you know, piece some of that stuff together. Same thing with Luka. Like, yeah, you got Reggie Bullock. And yeah, you got Tim Hardaway Jr. And all these other dudes that can, you know, create off of you. But at some point, you have to get another guy on the team that can really just go out there and take over a game as well. Like, Chris Middleton is not as good as Giannis. But Chris Middleton can take over a game in spurts. For sure. Yeah, he can. I mean, Chris Middleton the type of dude. He's going to get you 20 to... 25 a night. Yeah, I mean, he oh, yeah. sa- he saved the Bucks sometimes in the playoffs. For sure. The year they won it, like, just with his, yeah, there were some with his shooting ability. I don't want to say Giannis didn't have it, but he didn't have it in the way that they needed right. it. Right. Yeah, but, I mean, but yeah, yeah, Chris would close. He would just – Exactly. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he certainly had the game where he could hit a long, a long jump mm-hmm. shot. and you're like, just That last five minutes of the game was, all right, instead of Drew Holiday bringing the ball <laughs> up the court, running pick and rolls, it was let me get Chris Middleton yeah. doing that instead. The playoffs comes down to can you make – can you get good shots easily or can you make tough buckets? Yeah. Those two can be the same thing, but they can also be different things. And a lot of mid-range shooting. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is, I mean, now kind of a tough bucket. That is a tough bucket, yes. All right, what's our next, what's our next? uh, Most improved players next. I think I said it last spot. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with Ant. I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. I think he about to take a leap this year. I think he about to put himself in like, I'm kind of I might make a fire take. I'm not saying he's gonna win it. I think he's gonna be in like in a top ten voting, 
for MVP this this year. Agreed, and I have the same pick. I don't hate the take. Um, my only concern is because there are so many dudes on that team now, I could see the opposite where... Because I think he should be priority number one there, but I could also see the opposite where it just doesn't happen because there's so many touches to go around. But are there a lot of touches to go around? Because, like, D'Lo has proven he not he not getting the touches. Right. He, he's Gobert definitely not getting offensive touches. Yeah, and it's... It's obviously between Carl Anthony Towns and Ant as number one. For sure. Yeah. And then it comes down to what's what's the scope of D'Lo's offensive scoring production? Because that's my thing. With with D'Lo not having the ball, what does D'Lo do? I think D'Lo is going to become like... Some, some ISO. I, yeah, I think he's going to become ISO. I think he become like... <laughs> maybe, you know, kind of throw it back. He's going to become a little bit of a better offensive player than uh, Derek Fisher. He gonna come oh down. My God. <laughs> he gonna come down. He gonna run the offense. He gonna catch those wide open catch and shoot threes. That's his game. And he's no, gonna get you like. Yeah. I could see it. I could just also see where there's a lot to figure out. There's there's some mouths to feed there. Yeah, there's gonna be some mouths to feed. I think I understand Gobert is gonna have to adjust to this new role. Well, it's the get same the, role, the, but yo, his if I'm if I'm the coach. I'm going to look at Gobert and be like, your offensive role is get boards. Get these boards, <laughs> set these picks, that's it. But see, my other thing is, we also traded, what, five first-round picks and we? a couple of young players? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's this? We? As an organization. But I think they did like, that. Like, as the coach, we oh, traded, oh, yeah, from we traded five from picks and some yeah. players. Like, you. we got to get more production out of you than you had in Utah. See, I, don't, I disagree. I think they brought him in because they know Cat is a soft-ass dude. No, for sure. And Cat can't defend any of the big name, big dudes in the league. Yeah. And so they're like, we'll get Gobert to do this. Cat's no eraser. He, it's kind of like the Anthony Davis situation where Anthony Davis for oh, some Oh, no, no, hold up. We are not going to compare Cat and AD. No, no. You said, let me finish, my guy. <laughs> I was just going to say, Anthony Davis is a great defender. He is a legit rim protector. However, he doesn't want to be known as that being the, the conversation starter. He's just a really good all-around player. I think he prefers to play the four, and he wants someone else to be the person who's kind of the rim protector enforcer. Yeah, no, I get that. I feel like that's the same. I don't think Anthony Davis and Carson similarly Cat. Well, I think I, I think the difference is I think like AD. I think it's like I don't want to do that every night, but I think AD enjoys the challenge of going yeah. up against an Embiid, agreed, or a Jokic, agreed. or even an Aiton or something like that. Whereas I think Cat physically is, can't, yeah. Can't physically can't because he's a soft ass dude, yeah. and I think he just doesn't want to. Agree. AD is just fragile. I just meant in the AD is just fragile. He just, can't do it from the perspective that I'm gonna get hurt doing this. Yeah, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna take a toll on his. But body. I think AD actually enjoys. It. He's like, yo, I'm trying to stop this. I just meant from a strategy standpoint, you're gonna want to put someone else there or have someone else coming off the bench where AD, AD or Anthony Towns isn't doing that. 82 games in the regular season. But I think that was the big issue with the Timberwolves. You can just get to the paint on them because who... Yeah. who There's no shit? one there that's really stopping you. No, Cat going to get out the way. You know, Cat's not going to block the shots. He should. He should be doing that. That's why he's a soft-ass dude. He's soft <laughs> like Charmin. Sheesh. Baby lotion soft. Baby lotion soft. And... Is baby lotion softer than regular lotion? No, Meek Mill just. I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't care. That boy is Charmin soft, and he. Th- I think they. That's why they brought Gobert, and they're like, "Yo, do the dirty work on the defensive end." And rightfully so. 
Yeah, and I think that's going to help because I think you can slide Cat over to the four, and I think Cat can play the four and defend against the fours. That's what he wants to do. He's, he's you know, expanding his game out to the three-point line. He thinks yeah. he's a three-point shooter. I mean, which he can't knock it down. I don't necessarily love sure. him. I don't love him out there like Chris Bosh or Kevin Love. You're just seven feet tall. Push he, your big Because he is paint. big. He's, that's my issue. He's big, he's athletic, and he's lanky. And like, he's yeah. good inside. Like, he's he not – like, he's a good inside scorer, and – it's just on the defensive end. I feel like sometimes it gets confused. Like, oh, he's just not good inside the paint in general. No, nah, he's good inside the paint on offense. It's just I don't I don't want to see someone of his potential caliber and talent turn into just a stretch four right. when you have so much more talent. But this is where I think he's soft. I think he likes to be a stretch four because I don't think he likes going on the offensive side. I don't think he likes getting in the paint and having to like put his body into somebody else. And try and get those like in the paint buckets. I think he. That's why. That's another reason I call him soft. Is I think any sort of physicality that he has to go with, I think he shies away from. I don't think Agreed. he minds it on offense. I do. I think defensively, he just doesn't feel like defensively. Definitely, he definitely doesn't like it. Offensively, I mean, I, I kind of agree with uh, my man over here. I just, when I think of Carlton Towns, I think of him like offensive buckets, finesse. Even in the inside, it's like a, a shake, quick move. It's not like I'm a like beat you down and then overpower you and dunk yeah. on you like Shaq. He has no physicality and like he should have. That's my thing. He should. He he's big enough where he should have physicality that he can add that to his game. Yeah. Because if he adds physicality into his game, my man's is a top three center. I mean, I think you can make an argument. He's so, a top three center now. What's your what's your, what's your pick for uh, MIP? Uh, I'm gonna go with Tyrese Halliburton actually. Because okay. I think Tyrese Halliburton on that. the Pacers is just going to have free reigns of the entire Do whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's very team. clear now that they have put the entirety of the organization into his hands. There's no one, who, there's no one there to take any minutes away they from that, uh They on that V-dubs. Yeah, uh, exactly. We're tanking, bro. Like, let's go ahead and get his Is that how you say it? Wimbayama. Wimbayama. They, they on that sweepstakes. Putting a French kid in Indiana, that's tough. Oh, that's super tough. A... Yana, yeah, they put the, they could, they put a Greek boy in Milwaukee. True, and he, True, he loves they it. Put, and he loves it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't know who's supposed to stop him from getting touches, who's going to stop him from real – because I think at the – towards the end of the season, he was putting up, like, eight and a half, nine assist games yeah. uh, over the course of the end of the season. I'm just like, yo, he's, he's going to score all the buckets and assist – all the buckets yeah. and there's just nobody else to take there's away. There's no one else. And not to just say it's a matter of touches, but he is very talented as well. I just think they've, you know, made the decision that he is the building point from this point moving forward. And because of that, with no adversary to take anything away from him, I think he has a really good shot at it. I'm not mad at that. Um, I'm not mad at that at all. I think that's a, I think that's a good pick. I think this next one's going to be interesting. I think this is where we might start to divide a little bit. There. All right, rookie of the year, go. Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Paolo. I mean, that's a fair pick. There's, I, mean, <laughs> I think he's the favorite. I think yeah, I think he's the favorite. I think kind of he, overwhelming to be honest. And I, I the, the reason I say that, I mean, this is obviously barring any injury, but I think. Um, him coming in, just having an NBA-ready body, mm-hmm. is it makes gonna, a big difference. It's going to make a huge difference. Um, obviously, Chet is out. Um, yeah, Chet being out also makes that, a big that difference. That's just a, a completely a yeah. person just completely taken out of the mix. 
Um, Jaden Ivey, I don't think so. I think you've still got Cade. They got young people. I just don't think Jabari Smith in Houston. Yeah, Jabari. I just think like it's not. They're gonna be so bad. Like I just don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think. um, My answer is Keegan Murray. I was gonna say that, but my issue is I just think he's not gonna get the touches. I think Keegan Murray, and I do think touches is. Yes, Keegan Murray is my choice. I think with Keegan Murray, there is a chance that he may not get the appropriate amount of touches. Um, but I also kind of feel that for Paulo too, I think that he's going to get a fair share of touches because he is, I think the most talented player on that team. But I think Orlando low key has several pretty Lock. like Wendell Carter Jr. I think is a really good case see, for most improved. I don't think so. I think they're going to run the offense and that, that's the reason I picked it. I think they're going to run their offense through Paulo. Oh, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. But, but, but one ball. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I get that. I just think they're going to be like, yo, you get in the, you are going to get your touches. I think he's going to get his touches, but I also think that dudes like Wendell and Franz are also going to get touches, and that may not result into him getting the lion's share of them, which I think you can make the same argument for the Kings as well. But I think the Kings are better positioned to potentially like make a play-in, and now we're looking at a situation where the rookie is impacting winning Similar to way, you really similarly think, you really think the to Kings the way, gonna make a play in? I think the Kings can make a play in. The play in, not outright the playoffs, but the play in. Yeah, I think they can do that. What? So that's uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. So they gotta be in the top ten. Yeah. Maybe yeah. And I think Kings just gone king. Because what I think, I mean, it's very possible that the Kings just king, and I understand the skepticism there. But from last year with Scotty and Mobley having a real impact on winning, which we don't, which we rarely see with rookies. I think if Keegan Murray actually has an impact and takes that team from how bad they've been, it elevates them or helps elevate them to a place where they're able to squeak into the play in. And now it's just a one game series of if we can get into the playoffs. And, right. All right. If we squeak into the eighth seed, like no, and I'm with you. And I, I'm not mad at that. Cause if I didn't say Paolo, my next guess was going to be Keegan Murray. That was gonna be my next pick, so I'm not mad at that pick. I think those, I think those two probably, unless like Jabari just comes out and just shows the fuck out, or Jaden Ivey, or some uh, some dark horse that we're not even talking about right now, yeah. just comes out and shows out. I think what Jabari is, I think the Heat have, or no, sorry, not the Heat, the Rockets have too many dudes. They do. They just have so many. You have Kevin Porter Jr. You have Jalen Green. Jalen Green. You have Tari Eason. You got Deshaun uh, J- uh, J- uh, Tate. Tate. Uh, Kevin Martin Jr. Mm. Or Kenya Martin Jr. Maybe. I can't um, Jabari. Uh, no, you got Garuba. Uh, Alprin Shingun. Like, you just have so yeah, many. I mean, they, dudes. Dra- they had how many first round draft picks? Three? A lot. Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty. They had the like, dude. Uh, did we mention the dude from uh, uh, LSU that they picked? Tari Eason. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you yeah. mention him? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I know I'm with you. They just got a lot. I'm with you. That's why I think Jabari's. I'm not, again, if Jabari comes out and just hoops, like, he puts up, like, 22 a game or some shit like that, like, all right, maybe yeah. like yeah, he might get that, but I just don't think that's I don't I just don't think that's gonna happen. Especially with a dude like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. who showed at the end yeah. of last season that they have the potential to be very dominant scorers. Mm-hmm. I think this first season is gonna be a lot of how do we fit these pieces together? Whereas I think dudes like Paulo and dudes like 
Keegan Murray are going to get a chance to really have some responsibility within the team. No, I'm with you, and I, 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 I'm, I completely agree with you. I also don't think Kevin Porter Jr. makes it this season. I think they trade him um, halfway through the season. Um, I mean, he's a good piece. He's a good piece. I just don't think they need him. I think they just need spots and touches, mm-hmm. and he is rather ball dominant. He is. So... But that so are we? Uh, did you also say Paolo for your? Yeah, yeah. I just want to add. I'm gonna go with Paolo because I think he's gonna have that offensive responsibility, kind of like what you said. You can tell at his uh, one year at Duke that he is physically ready to play in the NBA, and I think he just has that body. He's like that point forward, quintessential uh, player um, prototype that you want in the NBA. I just want to say, let's hope he has better luck in the NBA than he did against Brady Manick and one letting Armando Baycott. He couldn't get the buckets when they mattered the most. It's unfortunate that you know Duke went outside like that. So get yeah. off that. Is it unfortunate? Is it unfortunate? Is it unfortunate? He couldn't the, score against for, the college version of Kelly Olynyk. Oh Come for, on, for all, bro. For all the like, talk, Duke fans talk about you know Carolina players not playing in the league. You know after their college days. I mean, you'd think someone could actually who's a number one pick could you know get buckets at will and kind of you know win an Addy, but you know, they didn't. Team, so nah. get off this. Carolina maybe deck. maybe he was just waiting to be in the NBA to you know really show his full. Yeah, style. yeah. He didn't want to flex too hard. Real talk, I like. I actually forgot who won the NCAA championship this Kansas. year. Kansas, Kansas. That's right. Kansas did win. I forgot. I could. I did not remember. I was like, who the fuck right. won? I was like, I know Carolina was in it, but I was like, who the hell did they play? Right. Also, their rookie plays for the Cavaliers as well. Oh, uh, Abaji. Yeah. Oh wait, no, he got traded. Or did he? I think he got traded to the Jazz Donovan Mitchell. In the Donovan Mitchell trade. You might have. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, are we good with rookie of the year talk? We're ready to move on to Depoy? Yeah, I think we're good. Depoy, Depoy. All right, so Depoy, start us off. I don't know. I, give me. I need. I need thought. I don't. I don't know. I low key, and I don't know why I think this. For some reason, I feel like I feel like Giannis is about to win one again. I feel like Giannis is one of those players where you can just never really rule him out. He's always yeah. going to be in that conversation. I think a healthy AD is always going to be in that conversation too. I just like who who won it this last year? Uh, Marcus Smart, the first guard to yeah. win it since. Yeah, uh, I don't like. I don't think he's gonna win it. I don't think Gobert wins it. At the I, think, I think there's some Gobert fatigue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think like I think because of what he, I think he's been catching so much flag, kind of like Ben Simmons did, that it's like, I just don't know if you like. I don't think he's gonna get the votes anymore. I'm gonna Maybe. go with Bam this year, and oh, one, the one. reason I'm gonna go with Bam is. Without or with the absence of PJ Tucker and them not filling that role, I mean Bam is a phenomenal defender as it is. He's already he's always been a you know all defense caliber defender. I think what they're going to demand of him defensively this season is going to be far greater than what they've done before, and I think because of that, we're going to actually see him get that recognition on a higher level than. Uh, he has in previous seasons. I think for them, it's also going to depend on um, how they finish. I think that's going to matter too, but I kind of inversely, I think his ability to defend is also going to determine how they finish. I agree. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Um, I think Bam's a solid pick. I, I, I'm going to, I really am going to go with Giannis though. I think he only got the one, but I think he's on a, I think, the way he went out last year, he does look, and I've seen him, like I've seen him in the interviews and all that, he looks hungry. He does. Yeah. I, I kind of like his get down this whole summer playing with the, uh, you know, Greece international team. I think he seems focused. I like where his mind's at, even though his mind's always been in the right place. 
And I mean, the Bucks seem pretty healthy, so I think they're going to really prove a point to be a really good regular season team and for him to kind of go for that MVP, Depoy, same season type of thing. I, I don't know if he'll achieve both, but I, don't I know. think yeah. I think it's rare for a player of his caliber to win as much as he's won, accomplish as, as much as he has, and still have a viable reason to have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. And I think last season, the way it ended, uh, you know, them missing Middleton, but still not getting it done in game seven, I think he's going to come in, take that very personal, and try to, again, like you said, he's just hungry. Like, this is what he wants. The only, the only pause I have on picking Giannis is I wonder if there's like you see it a lot in the NBA with awards. I wonder if there's just Giannis fatigue. He's got multiple. He's got yeah. multiple MVPs. He's got a deep boy. I mean, I think at this point, like I think we're all comfortable saying like Giannis is probably the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so I think I, I worry a little bit that like there's just Giannis fatigue because Giannis is in the deep boy conversation every single year. Right. Yeah. There's some stragglers that find their way in and out. Like Miles Turner always finds his way into the deep boy conversation right. and then doesn't, he's never able to sustain that mm-hmm. for a long enough period of time. Prior to this year, Marcus Smart was kind of one of those guys where he's always in the conversation, but never really shows up when it gets to the end of the season. Not him, but like his name never shows up in a ballot type deal right. whenever it gets to the end of the season. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to switch mine. I'm going to switch mine. From Giannis, I'm gonna pick AD, because and the reason I say that is if I think if there's a healthy AD, AD has no AD has no accolades. I could see like him really getting it just, be, just you know because it's like all right we got to give him something. He was up for it that one year that Giannis got it. It was it was either him or Giannis. If he plays like he did that year, I think they give it. To, I think they give it to AD. Gotta show some Laker love somehow. All right. I think so. I'm All seeing right. here that you have to. I think you. I think 58 games is the. The. Uh, I. I think he's gonna play 65 games this year. Ain't no way. Ain't no fucking way. <laughs> he gonna play 65 games this year. He'll play 42. So <laughs> there's no hard rule, but history shows that the minimum of 70 games has to be played for to win MVP. I'm not saying MVP? that's gonna okay. to cross over to Depoy. But if we set it at 65, I don't know if he plays 65 games. I'm hoping he plays 65 because I want everyone to be as healthy as possible. But just coming off of history, I don't know if he plays Do we think realistically he plays 65 or more games? I do not. All I'm saying is this. Kawhi Leonard Leonard won it in uh, 2014-2015. He only played 64 games. Leonard's always been a better defender than AD. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you got, you got, you got. I disagree. You he's got, always been a better. He's been more versatile than AD. I agree with that, but that just comes from him being in a different position as well. Yeah, but I think that matters. Like him being six seven and being able to guard one through five. Like AD can guard one through five too, but you can't just place AD on a guard and be like guard him. All game, yeah, I guess. But if we're also saying that, then why is Rudy Gobert winning depoys? Because Rudy Gobert, he's yeah. not a great guard defender. But opinion. Rudy Gobert was the. I feel like you know how sometimes in the, uh, in college football, like they center, you essentially make your living by making your quarterback uh, a Heisman winner. 
Yeah. I feel like that's kind of loosely what they did with Rudy Gobert on the defense because no one else could play defense. Like, yo, we're going to structure all of this around you. You are responsible for how good we are on defense. I'm 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 gonna still ride with it. I'm gonna ride with the AD prediction. I think he's gonna play at minimum 65 games this year. You think he's at min- I think nah, I can't do that. I think he's healthy. I, I am. I, you know, it's me being a Laker hopeful, but I have no reason to believe that. I, it's That's just, just what I got. Hopeful. I mean, I'm not mad. Like, hey, yo, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be hopeful about something. I respect it. All right. Well, the most important award, or I guess, the, let me get my thoughts on Deport real quick. I'm going to go with Giannis because I agree with everything that uh, uh, has been said about him. I did, before I watched last night's preseason game, I wanted, part of me wanted to go Ben Simmons because I think he's really good. I think he can guard one through five. However, when I saw him try to guard Giannis last night, it did not go well. I think that, similar to what you're saying, I just don't think he has it for some of those larger matchups. Like him at... The large ones, though, yeah. Because... The Raptors are doing something similar, playing Pascal at center. And Pascal is not the defender that Ben Simmons is, even though they are of some similar sizes. But watching Pascal struggle on defense against those larger center matchups, I think that I can't help but think that Ben Simmons is going to go through something very similar there. Oh. Yeah, ben, yeah, Ben Simmons can guard one through three really, really well. He's really good on the perimeter. Even uh, four. Even four. Is is not really an issue for him. Five is when it's like, okay, like you're kind of soft. Like you're gonna have to food. go through Giannis. You're gonna have to go through Embiid. You're gonna have to go through Bam, which they're similar sizes, but Bam is far more filled out. Yeah, filled out. He's just he's more physical. Brooke Lopez. Yeah. I mean, Jared Allen's not a. Jared Allen isn't the offensive talent of being able to create his own bucket, but that's still a dude you're going to have to jump with. Yeah. That's still a dude you're going to have to, you know, prevent from scoring at the rim. And I don't know if he's the caliber of rim protector to actually do that. No. I, I'm not. I, I'm in the uh, Ben is wash bucket. Oh, so, whoa there. Whoa I'm there. in the Ben is wash bucket. I, I, I think this is the perfect role for him. I don't know. I too think it's the perfect role. I don't think he has to be great. I think he could average 12, 7, and 6, and this is a good uh, it's a good year for him. We'll see if he does that. But. I think he'll average a little more than 12. I think he'll get up to at least 15. Yeah. Which is, again, 15, 8, 6, 15, 7, and 4. Great. I think I got Ben at like a 15, 7, and 7. Great. I think they're going to use him as a Draymond, but the difference between him and Draymond is on that fast break. I can trust Ben to throw it down to actually, yeah, finish at the rim on the fast break. And even honestly, though neither of them are great half court creators. If we're keeping it a stack, we're going to compare those two, even Draymond in his prime. Ben, excellent in transition. Ben, excellent ball handler. Ben, excellent passer. Draymond was good in all those regards, but I think Ben is naturally gifted at all three of those. I think what Ben agreeing with you, because I think that Draymond, a lot of what Draymond had, he's not a great ball handler. He can dribble. Draymond, though. He can dribble in transition. He makes better decisions than his skill at ball handling actually matches up to, if that makes right, sense. Right, right. Like, him and the personnel around him allow him to play the role that he plays versus Ben, where I think you could drop Ben on any team and he could play that exact same role that they both share. Right, right. And, like, that's, that's like, put it this way. Draymond has it. And that it, in my opinion, is the eye test divided by fire in the gut, right. which 
Ben Simmons does not have because he has the eye test, but the the fire in the guts zero, and you know if I anything by zero zero. So yeah, exactly. I get that. What's our next one? MVP. Ooh. <sighs> this one's hard because I really I got like three or four dudes that I'm really thinking I'm like yo they could they could do it. Um. I think I really only have two. Like I think I got like Harden. Or excuse got, me, three. I got Harden, Luca, um, Giannis, and Embiid. I'm gonna get on my Luca soapbox here in a minute. Um, it feels kind of blasphemous to say that Harden could win it and Luca can't, but I do think that overall, uh, team wins is gonna play in a role there. But I am gonna go with James Harden. I talked about it last pod, but he seems like he's dedicated to playing basketball at the highest level again. He has a MVP caliber uh, duo mate that he can actually rely on to finish a lot of the things that he creates. And I think if everything comes together with them, with their additions in the offseason, they could legitimately compete for a championship. And I think if you have that with his abilities, you got an MVP caliber player. Just to be different, but also the same, I'm going to pick Embiid. Okay. Because um, I think... I think Embiid... I mean, if we're being real... <sighs> I think Embiid kind of does... They do, they're going to have similar roles on the team, not so much in how they play, but what they're responsible for. But Embiid on the defensive side of the ball is also going to be pretty much what drives them. I agree. And I think I think he's going to lead, lead I don't know. I mean, what he averaged what 30 30 a game last year. Did he win the scoring title last year? I think uh Wait, no. It would have had to be in B. Cuz LeBron got counted out and I think Giannis lost it in like the last couple so, yeah, games yeah, of the yeah, season. And beat one. I think actually he might get another scoring title. And the reason I say that is I think the one-two punch between him and Harden, I think Harden's going to go crazy on assists with it. Because um, I feel like everything that I've seen just on like social media, how Harden's talking, like I think his role is going to be more playmaker-esque than I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down, I'm going to do my dribble, step back three. I think this may be a hot take. But I think Harden, as much as he enjoys completely running the offense, I do think he's always wanted an Embiid to, so he didn't have to play that way. Right. Like, I think a lot of him playing that way is a product of having to do that or we're not going to win. And I'm not saying he didn't enjoy it during the process of it, but I think he would much rather prefer, like, he forced his way out of that Houston Rockets situation to get into a situation in Brooklyn where he didn't have to carry the load all the time. I think with a player like Embiid that actually plays that center position and uh, gives him that, you know, balance of guard big man, I think that's exactly what he wants. And I do think he's going to have a much larger playmaker role, but I think he's going to be so good at that that he'll still have a shot at MVP. And that's where I think, um, I just think for Embiid, it's going to be, I think he might get another scoring title. He's he's at least going to be up there for the scoring title. And then I think for a center to do that is just amazing. I think he obviously is going to average probably like 10 rebounds, but I think the defense is where it's going to set him apart. If they finish first in the East. 
Yeah. I think I'm not saying that he. I'm not saying that Jokic didn't deserve both those MVPs, but I think there's a real argument to be made that Embiid should have should possibly have one of those. Agreed, and I. That's where I'm. I also have Embiid as my MVP. I think he's kind of mad that he hasn't gotten that recognition. It's it's been a very close race the last two years, but yeah, I think Embiid wins it this year. I think James Harden embraces being the one one B to Joel Embiid's one A. Uh, do we have any underdogs in the MVP conversation? Uh, LeBron James. Stop. I'm serious. It's the. I mean, he's an year. underdog. Are you serious? You think like you think LeBron's going to be up there for that? I think that's more realistic than Anthony Davis playing 65 games this year. No. Ooh, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. <laughs> Look, I'm only saying this because it's the 20th year. The Lakers seem to be healthy going into the season. I think LeBron's going to, again, play great basketball. And I think he'll probably be top five, top four in the MVP. I MVP think they're just going. so much ass that they're not, he's not going to be able to get it. Uh, See, my thing is, I don't know with taking Curry and Luka into the conversation as well. Maybe even a Tatum. I don't know if I can put... With their respective team situations, I don't know if I can put LeBron over anybody. And you just stole you just stole mine. Curry's my underdog. Yeah, I, yeah. Curry being an underdog is crazy. But they have so they have so many weapons. I just that, that talk. That's about, a good point. That is a lot. That's of That's a team with a lot, That's a team of with a lot of weapons. I just want to talk about Luka Doncic. I think he is a good player. I think he he looks like he's gonna take a step forward. I just want to say we need to pump the brakes. I don't want this to be the third straight year in which people are gonna claim that he's gonna be the MVP. Let's just wait and see what he does. His team is not that good. He is in a situation in which that he needs to do a lot for that team to go to the Western Conference Finals again. So I don't, I don't see them repeating that. Um, so we're gonna have to wait and see before he, we we hoist him into that conversation of like top two, top three players. He's good. Don't get me wrong. Top seven or eight for sure. But I just think we need to pump his brakes. And maybe he proves it this year that he actually appears to be. In, Good at playing shape. I think that that Euro, what was it called? Euro basket. Euro basket. Euro basket yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that that seemed to do him wonders physically. So I'm not hate on him. I'm just saying we need to. I, I do. We need to wait a little bit. I agree. I think we all every year we're like, oh, Luca going to win the MVP yeah. this year. I think this year the biggest the biggest issue with him is going to be his team's just not going to be good enough for him to win MVP. And and they should be a tad bit better. But yeah, again, see, I don't think so. Really, I don't think so. You think that addition of Christian Wood and whatever. <laughs> You were basically replaced Christian Wood with Draylon Brunson. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I think Jalen Brunson's the better player. Yeah. He, he's not. He's not as good as what the Knicks paid him. I thought. I thought. The, I thought the fit of Wood no, for with sure. the Mavericks is better. But yeah, Jalen Brunson can play. My only thing with Christian Wood is we've never seen Christian Wood play on a competitive team. And no. so I wonder, like he, there was definitely that one year where he was a borderline all-star caliber player. Last year he fell off a little bit. And it's not that I don't think he's not a talented player. I just haven't seen it where the games actually when, matter. And yeah. Because he was playing on a, he was playing on the Bucks before the Bucks were the Bucks. Back when they were still struggling to get past, obviously LeBron and the Raptors and the Celtics and whatever teams were popping at that time. He then played for Detroit, I think. Yeah. Again, Detroit was going through that trying to build from the middle when they first brought in Blake Griffin mm-hmm. and they had Griffin and Drummond and that just didn't work out. Now Houston. Houston would have that. And again, like, he got to Houston post Harden. So I'm just like, yo, like. Yeah, I mean, you want to be aware of the uh, Kevin Love Minnesota 
is he a top three player? Like, you don't, you don't want to fall in love too quickly when it's obviously the situation that allows him to kind of eat all the points and stat pad and all, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, that um, kind of concludes the superlative yeah. list there. Did we, did we talk last pod about who we think uh, who's going to win the chip? Yeah, I think we all agreed Bucks were yeah, I think, the yeah. favorite to win the chip. We all agreed. Does anybody have a sleeper? To win it all? Does anybody think the Grizzlies can actually do it? No. I don't think they I think they take a little I don't bit think of a they, I don't think, I just don't think they have the, um, the vet experience to be able to do it. Sleeper, sleeper team. I mean, I am big on Philadelphia. I, I, I yeah. I, if, if James Harden really comes out playing like kind of how he played in 2018 with Houston, and I think Joel Embiid's going to be great, that really might be, like an unstoppable team right there. Cause I, I love Maxi. I love Tobias Harris. For, for he's, he's overpaid, but I think I like what he brings. I like what he brings when he plays the role he's supposed to play. Yeah. Like when he plays as a role player that also has the ability to elevate every right. now and then. Because you definitely saw times in the playoffs where Tobias Harris would have you know, 22, 23-point games because he's capable of that. But I think that is a good addition, not necessarily... Uh, demand. Right. You're not. You're not. You're not penciling him in, asking him to get you 22 to 25 a game. Yeah. You're, you're good with 16. Exactly. But if he gets you 22, that's like okay. We're 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 closing out. We're closing out Miami with that. We're closing exactly. out Brooklyn if they're good with that, or, or Boston yeah. or whatever. Exactly. No, I mean, Philly's maybe even Milwaukee. Me. I think you know, if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna go like real sleeper, I'm gonna go Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I think the healthy think, Clippers. I think it's just health, really. I think they may have the deepest team in the NBA besides the Bucks. The Bucks are just an the incredible magic? team. I forgot the uh, that I just because I, I just saw the I just saw the it kind of flash up. Joe Ingles went to he Milwaukee. went to the Bucks. Yeah, that's a huge piece. I think when they when he's supposed to be healthy around All Star break. That's just a that's a great piece to have nowhere. I mean, granted, he's recovering from an injury, but to have him, that's basically a signing at All Star break or a trade yeah. at All Star break that you're getting, but you don't actually have to shell anything out for. Not exactly. But I mean, that's the crazy. Clippers roster: Kawhi, John Wall, Paul George, all starters. Um, also starting would be. Marcus Morris, and then I'm assuming Zubak. But to have a bench of just Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, they still have Terrence Mann, you got Luke Kennard and uh, Robert Covington. I mean, they just got a bench. Nick Batum. Yeah, they got, yeah, they, I, I think that's the thing for me. They're just deep. They're Whereas so now, deep. like, we know Kawhi, Kawhi, if we're really talking who's not going to play, Kawhi not going to play 65 games. No, no, no Kawhi not not Kawhi gonna play 50, 45? Kawhi's not playing a single back to back. That's never yeah. gonna happen. So we're talking probably he probably in the forty to fifty range of games for the season. To have all of that bench to be able to be like, all right, we can beat the Kings with that. We can beat the Pistons with that. We can the beat Pacers. the Pacers. Yeah, we can beat some of the like Hornets. Yeah, we can beat some of these lower tier teams, and we don't even need Kawhi in our squad. You know, shit, we might not even need Paul George. In some in some instances, so I think um, that's going to be huge for them. And I think when it comes playoff time and Paul George and Kawhi are just healthy, 
Yeah, if they can just make it that yeah. far. Same thing now, with I do uh, think, John Wall as well. But I do think the biggest thing for them is chemistry. Can can Paul George and Kawhi find that chemistry? Because I don't know if we've seen it yet. I think that's like you were. I think you were about to get into. I think that's been the issue with them just the whole time or through the tenure of this uh, experiment they got going on between those two players. I don't think they've played enough. I don't think they've played enough either. And I feel like this year maybe where they get the collective experience of the past three years, maybe it comes together this year if everyone's healthy. Or maybe a player like John Wall takes a lot of the playmaking responsibilities off of them so they can kind of play their natural roles. But, yeah, I mean, this are dudes that just never really play together all the time. And I think a and lot that of continuity pe- just matters at a certain point. Continuity matters so much in the NBA. Um, I, I think we've seen a lot of teams that maybe weren't necessarily the most talented team, but they just fit. And not to Dallas like, Mavericks when they beat the Heat. Yeah, in the finals, like, that, that team matters. should not have beat that. That, that team, team should, should not have beat a LeBron-led team. No, and but granted, they LeBron is prime now. Yeah, Miami, LeBron, and he had a collapse, and I think he's owned that. But that and team made should up for not it in 2016, and made All up right. for it in 2016. Hey, hey, relax, bro. All right, calm down. We don't gotta talk about LeBron like that. I'm just saying. I, I all I'm saying. Listen. LeBron is a top three player of all time. I know you have some feelings based on what he's done in your organization, but <laughs> I just in think, my lifetime and how he's impacted. I just think no, talk about how him as a since as he's been he on the Lakers. for the Lakers. He won you a championship. Don't do it. Don't say it. Oh, <laughs> Don't say it. Oh, Don't say it. Oh, oh. and that's not. That's not we can't have a bubble conversation Ooh. right now. We can't have a bubble. Don't get me started, man. The only reason why the Lakers are The only reason why the Lakers are relevant right now is they have a, a billionaire sports icon on their team. That's it. <laughs>